Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Political Party Podcast. Uh, this one, a version of my telly show, Unspun, which you can catch every Wednesday at 10pm on Dave. This one features an interview with Scottish Conservative leader Ruth Davidson, who made her name partly in the uh, Euro TV debates, but those of you who follow politics uh, a little closer will have seen her star rise over the last few years. Uh, she finished second, well, she led the Scottish Conservatives to a second place in the Holyrood elections earlier this year, ahead of Labour, which was a phenomenal victory for her and uh, and for her party, and just shows how much um, Scottish politics is changing, and, and obviously within the context of the UK as well. She's known as a very funny person, um, I'm not often left uh, stunned by what a guest has t- said to me, um, but there's a definite point in this where I couldn't believe what I'd heard. Do enjoy. Hello, I'm Matt Ford, and welcome to Unspun, the show that takes British politics outside for a direct confrontation. Mano il mano. In a week which, even by 2016 standards, was incredible, we'll be going to America to cover the biggest and most insane story in the world this week and finding out which party can implode faster, Labour or UKIP. But first... (laughs) A Labour councillor is facing a backlash over a dating profile that demanded his dates must not be tattooed, no bigger than a size 12, and be able to talk about more than just shopping. Among the first to condemn him was Labour's Tom Watson, who said, I don't want to go out with him anyway. Health bosses at one of the three NHS trusts still providing homeopathy in England are to stop funding the treatment. The head of the Homeopathic Council reacted angrily, saying, how are we meant to heal people when funding has been watered down so much? (laughs) To which the NHS replied, you tell us, mate. (laughs) The Russian news agency Pravda is to open its first UK office in Edinburgh. Despite being a one-party state with no press impartiality and a leader hell-bent on attacking its neighbour, the newspaper still thought Scotland had much to offer. (laughs) Just when you thought that 2016 was starting to calm down, UKIP reminded us why they really exist. (laughs) As we mentioned on last week's show, UKIP leader Diane James resigned after just 18 days. She didn't even get to the end of the third week. I've had yoghurts that have lasted longer than (laughs) Diane James. Because of this, UKIP need to agree their formal constitutional process for choosing another leader. Stephen Wolfe had enraged some of his colleagues by publicly supporting Theresa May, something that's provocative enough in the Tory party. To sort things out, UKIP MEPs held a clear-the-air meeting. Half of their MEPs didn't attend, cos we don't need any European interference on air quality, thank you very much. So, how did it go? UKIP Stephen Wolfe rushed to hospital after being punched in the face <laughs> at party meeting. So it was a clear-the-air meeting. Mike Hookham cleared the air out of Stephen Wolfe. <laughs> Live from the European Parliament, forget the rumble in the jungle, it's the beating in the meeting. <laughs> How does a UKIP argument escalate to that level? Hang on, did you just call me not a racist? You bastard! <laughs> Welcome back 
to Unspun. Now it's time for my special guest. She was one of the stars of the EU referendum TV debates and has managed to do the unthinkable, make people in Scotland like the Tories. Well, to an extent. <laughs> Fellas, hold Pete back. It's Ruth Davidson. <laughs> Ruth, thank you very much for joining us. Delighted um, to be here. I have to say, that song looked like it was a bit of a struggle for Pete with Sharp <laughs> to play. <laughs> um, being part of the union, Pete, was that an issue for you? I'm trying to make Ruth feel at home here with the flag. <laughs> I'm <laughs> delighted. Well, I actually am um, one of the few Tories that used to be in a union as well as in the union. So, um, so yeah, I was in the NUJ for ten years. Oh, well, there you so, go. So you've been yeah. in three unions. Well, I, you know, I, I like fighting for unions. What can I say? <laughs> I'm nothing if not consistent. <laughs> uh, but Pete, you're cool. Well, you know, Ruth and I agree we should be part of the European Union, hopefully. <laughs> There's some common ground there, after all. <laughs> there is yeah. common ground there. Um, now, a lot of the show we've talked about UKIP and Mike Hookham uh, allegedly punching Stephen Wolfe. Just nominative determinism at work, wasn't it? It was brilliant. It's just, I just saw all of these sort of Sunday tabloid headline writers just eyes lighting up when they heard who it might have been. It doesn't matter if it was him or not, but just the idea that it was somebody called Hookham that had flattened some lad. <laughs> you know, it's just brilliant. You know, uh, writes uh, itself. And from UKIP, so hit him with a hard right. Well, there you uh, go. Uh, <laughs> um, but you, you're potentially dangerous because you're in the TA mm -hmm. and you do kickboxing. Well, I used to do kickboxing. I'm, I kind of don't really bend in the middle anymore. So um, <laughs> I kind of just do a bit of normal boxing now. So um, yeah. Just the normal boxing? Just the normal boxing, yeah. So if, if Mike Hookham uh, allegedly tried to attack you, how would you deal with him? Um, well, I, I don't think it's for a family show. Um, oh, this isn't a family show. Oh, well, that's fine then. <laughs> um, I, I think that I would be able to... Um, Outfox the old fox. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, now you got yourself into. Uh, it's not fair to say trouble, but um, there was a bit of a tension around a, a, a lobby lunch speech you gave yeah. uh, in Westminster after the EU referendum, mm -hmm. littered with a variety of jokes and fairly outrageous phrases. Um, yeah, in, in my defence, um, I, I'm not a member of the Parliament of Westminster. I sit in the Parliament in Scotland, so I'd never been to a Westminster lobby launch before. And I was taking advice and I was told, you know, bring some jokes and a good news line and the jokes stay in the room and the news line is, is what makes it into the papers, no problem. And I just... It was the day in between Theresa May becoming leader of the Tory party and then becoming Prime Minister. So there was that Tuesday in between, and I happened to be in Downing Street that morning, and I had a, a meeting with um, the Prime Minister then, who was uh, David Cameron, and then a meeting later with, with Theresa May. Um, and in between, they actually... David Cameron took Theresa May up to show her the flat in number 10. So, I don't know what he was doing. Like, this is the thermostat, love. The bins go out on a Tuesday. <laughs> Sam and I have left your bottle of wine in the fridge for when you and Philip move in. You know, I, I don't know. But um, I, he asked me what I was doing in, in London after I was seeing him, and I said that I was doing a lobby lunch and I was a bit nervous about it because I'd never done one. And he told me just, you know, all he wants is risky jokes, so the more risky, the better. <laughs> now, it turns out that his idea of a risky joke <laughs> and my idea of a risky joke are slightly different things because he hasn't spent his whole adult life working in Scottish newsrooms or running around fields with army officers and uh, colour sergeants who have a very colourful turn of phrase. So, um, so yeah, I apparently... I made a bit of a stir, and I'm really sorry if I let my country down, I let my school down, I let my mum down, and I'm really sorry. Um, so, yeah. Because one, one of the great lines from it, and this is uh, the Tory leadership contest had been cut short at the time, Labour's was still going on, and he said, Labour's 
still fumbling with its flies while the Tories were enjoying a post-coital cigarette after withdrawing our massive Johnson. <laughs> 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 it's one of those things that if you could do it differently, perhaps you'd tone it down just a smidge. <laughs> <laughs> so Cameron and, and May, how do uh, they differ as prime ministers, as people? Um, well, I, I think um, I mean David Cameron's really kind of at ease in the room. He kind of strides in, sort of chest puffed out, and and everybody sort of turns their head to, to look at them. She's much more quiet, much more reserved. But um, in in private, actually, I, I think quite a lot of people think Theresa May's. Um, you know, not very sort of a bullion, but she's um, she's got a really, really dry sense of humour. You, you call her Big T. I, I am. <laughs> my missus, my, my partner, uh, is is from from Ireland and is a, a new study of, of British politics and Scottish politics. And uh, she has joked in the house because Theresa May is quite tall and I am very short. Uh, and and my partner has has, has met her and and uh, started joking about in the house calling her Big T when she was on the telly, which I then started adopting and realised that I have to not do it in front of her. Um, <laughs> and then it kind of got out that. We, when we're talking about my work and stuff in the house, that I, I have occasionally called her that, but, um, sorry. Oh, no, it's, <laughs> it's fine. I mean, it's obvious where the nickname comes from, but I had a mate called Big T, uh, but we called him that just because uh, he was a fat bugger who liked a Big T. And, right. Uh, <laughs> I'll take, take it Theresa May doesn't uh, like a Big T. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm, uh, but as, as you know, as, as, as many people um, know, she um, is one of the, the uh, very high-profile people with diabetes and has obviously had to change her diet significantly to deal with that. I think she's a really, really good example and a really good role model for people who are suffering with chronic and long-term conditions to show that you can absolutely do anything uh, as long as you're making sure that you're working with your doctors to manage things. So I take my hat off to her for having the stamina for the job because being the leader of a G7 nation, particularly right now, is a tough job. And being the leader of any political party is a tough job. Um, you lead the Scottish Conservatives. Um, what's it like being a Conservative in Scotland? Um, a lot less lonely than it used to be. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, it's no sort of secret that we've, uh, I would tactfully say, underperformed at elections in, in uh, the last few years. Um, we're, we're now kind of on the road back, but I see the election that we've just had where we leapfrogged over Labour and put them into third for the first time in over six decades um, as a step on the road, and it's a, a platform to build on, and, and, you know, that's not the height of my ambitions, which is total world domination, as you know, Matt. <laughs> so, uh... so uh, on, the, on, the, on the steps on the road to total world domination... Um, <laughs> Does that include, at some point, standing for a Westminster seat, do you think? Um, I, I, to be honest, I get asked this quite a lot, and I, I do have to slightly point out to people who, you know, for example, might live within the M25 bubble, mm. um, that actually being the leader of the party in Scotland is quite a lot bigger job than being a backbencher or the paperclip mm. minister in the Cabinet Office down south. So Don't slack Kevin off. I'm kind of... He's been nice tonight. I did no, that no, job. No. He's the shadow paperclip minister. <laughs> no, no, sorry, sorry. Um, I've got a pretty big job in my hands, so um, I'm kind of happy where I am, thanks very much. So, um, let's say you do get total world domination. Mm. Um, what would your main priorities be? Uh, it, it, in this hypothetical world domination, Absolutely. It's, a, it's a puppy for everyone. Uh, I've, oh, nice. I've, I've recently got a wee cocker spaniel, so uh, you know that's. Uh, it. But um, in terms of my policy um, mm. projections, um, it's getting education right, because if you get that right, then you get absolutely every other policy right. You get. Um, economics right, it means that you get jobs right, it means that you get opportunities right. So making sure that you get schools further and higher education right, that's the way in which it works. It's good to talk serious politics. So, uh, mm. uh, about the puppies... Um... <laughs> well, thanks for noticing. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> People are going to think I was... I was not... That's, I was all on the... There's no way. But there's a cutaway of me like that. <laughs> Which I've now given them. Um... <laughs> um <laughs> oh, Ruth. <laughs> oh, Matt. <laughs> so, um, if... About the other puppies. Um, mm. What if I didn't want one? What if I was more of a cat person? Hypothetically, because I'm not. Well, you know, I'm all into the devolution of powers to the lowest level possible, so you can make that individual choice. But with individual choice comes individual responsibility. So you have to look after that cat and not let Donald Trump anywhere near your pussy. So. This oh. is not how I thought this interview was going to go tonight. Do you know that? Nor me. And can I say, I'm delighted. <laughs> um, you've been a fabulous guest. Thank you so much for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, Ruth Davidson. Thank you. Super. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Before MP4 players out, there's just enough time to have a look at next week's news. The UKIP National Executive Committee meets to set its leadership election timetable. While nothing has been confirmed yet, it's thought this will take the usual UKIP format. Twelve rounds of three minutes, bare-knuckle, manor, ill manor. <laughs> this Friday sees the unveiling of a bronze bust of William the Conqueror at Berkhamsted Castle. Amber Rudd will then ask for King William to be deported as he's French, out of work, and has exceeded his visa by nearly a thousand years. <laughs> And the SNP conference will start in Glasgow. Among the topics being debated are how to make the case for a second independence referendum, how to win a second independence referendum, and does anyone have any other ideas apart from a second independence <laughs> referendum? <laughs> well, that's it for this week. Thanks to my guest, Ruth Davidson. And now to play us out, it's MP4! <laughs> Well, there you go, Ruth Davidson. What a wonderful, positive uh, person to speak to uh, and has a real uh, joy for politics and for life that I think a lot of uh, peers around the world uh, could learn from. You can watch Unspun, the full show, every Wednesday at 10 o'clock uh, on Dave and the podcast of the next show will be out next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.